I really must say that I missed you all during the time spent putting these episodes together. But it was definitely worth it because the next 10 episodes will be a series about the Ten Commandments and the spirit of the law. And I should be able to post one episode each Friday evening, South African time. I also want to take this opportunity to praise God for the work that he has done in growing the podcast. Our first season hit over 2,000 downloads. And while I'm not sentimental about the numerical value, I, I think it's a testament to the way that the seed grows when it's watered by the Holy Spirit. So let's continue to open our hearts and minds to him and share the good news with those around us who so desperately need to be saved. Isaiah 45 verses 22. Look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, there is none else. Let's close our eyes as we ask the Holy Spirit to join us. Our Heavenly Father, the creator of everything, we humble ourselves in your presence knowing that that we are not worthy to be in it because you are a holy God and we are sinful beings. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit might be poured out at this time and that it would reveal the destructive things that we do and give us strength to change. I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Before we begin, I think it's important that we're all on the same page. Um, remember, the Holy Spirit is a spirit of unity and it doesn't operate in confusion. So <laughs> I just wanted to clear it up because I'm sure that there is someone out there wondering why there's going to be a focus on the Ten Commandments over the next 10 weeks. Like, aren't those old laws and the old part of the Bible? That doesn't matter anymore. Or those laws are from Moses' time. It's it's the 21st century now. They they don't apply. Um, or there's probably someone even thinking that we've evolved past the need for these laws. So we can do the things that the laws tell us not to. And for those listeners who consider themselves modern or progressive, you might have a tough time accepting a lot of the truths that are going to be presented as we get through God's law. But I would like to encourage you to listen to the entire series and understand the real spiritual stakes. I'm not going to be apologetic for speaking the truth of God's law. If it makes you feel uncomfortable, then good, because the law is a mirror. It's showing us where we've gone wrong. Remember, the word of the Lord is a double-edged sword. So if we know where we've messed up, then we have a chance to fix it. And this matters because God created this universe. The sun, the moon, and the stars. The trees, the animals, and even you. I make an emphasis on God as the creator because it might be a background thought in your mind. God literally created everything. Not mother nature, God. The psalmist says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. 
So if God created it, He knows what it's designed to do. He knows the best way we should live in order to lead a more fulfilling life. He is the authority on this topic. Not some self-help book that will attempt to give us 10 steps to happiness or abundance. And like our memory text today states, we should look to him and be saved because there is none else. Your flesh or sinful nature might not want to accept these changes, but I promise you there is nothing impossible through Jesus. Okay, so why is this law important? Why does it seem like Christians pick and choose which laws to keep and which laws to discard? You believe this from the book of Leviticus, but not that. You might even get called a hypocrite for doing it. Guys, there is a moral standard that we need to acknowledge. And we need to understand that we don't set that standard. God does. But what about people who don't believe in God? <laughs> and here's the thing. We grow up in a culture that was so grounded in biblical morality. In court, they used to make you swear on a Bible to tell the truth. When you have a wedding or funeral services, those are usually conducted in churches in the presence of God. The principles that were held during that time didn't just appear or come out of nowhere. It came from somewhere. And now we're going to talk about where it comes from. But before we get into that, let's talk about why we pick and choose. I think this is a very interesting um, topic. So across different Christian denominations, there's a common acceptance that there are three types of law. The moral law, the civil law, and ceremonial law. And you find moral principles in the civil law. Um, so... The ceremonial law refers to the sacrifices that pointed to the finished work of Christ. It would be blasphemy to practice it. So as a child of God, as a child of the Most High, I'm actually obligated to pick and choose. I can't go and sacrifice a lamb to atone for my sins because the ultimate sacrifice has already been made, right? If you're interested in this um, section of the topic, I suggest you go and read Hebrews chapter 10, the entire chapter. But I, I would never go back to a sacrificial system when the Lamb of God was slain. So yes, Christians pick and choose. Yes, I pick and choose. There are things in Leviticus that I will never go back to. Okay, now let's get to the first commandment, Exodus 20 verses 1 to 2. Now, before God gives the commandments, he precedes it by reminding his people who he is and what he did. God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. God intends to free us from bondage, both physical and spiritual bondage. Jesus reminded us about our relationship with bondage in John chapter 8 verses 34 to 36. Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, 
but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, then you will be free indeed. The highest form of freedom is freedom from sin, which leads to life. Truly the righteous attain life, but whosoever pursues evil finds death. Proverbs 11 verse 19. For everyone belongs to me, the parent as well as the child, both alike belong to me. The one who sins is the one who will die. Ezekiel 18 verses 4. Okay, so this is where the Hebrew significance comes in, right? So we refer to the Son of God as Jesus, right? But it's his name was not actually Jesus. This is a translation from the Greek scrolls, right? The name that Gabriel gave to Mary was Yeshua. The name Jesus is, is merely a translation. The name Yeshua is important because in its long Hebrew form, um, it translates to, to God is salvation or Yah is salvation. Yeshua. Wow. So in this salvation, we find freedom from sin. But we also need to understand what sin is so we can learn how to be free from it. So for the rest of the season, I will refer to Jesus as Yeshua and God as Yah. It's actually been right in front of us the whole time. It's been right in our faces. Isaiah. Yah saves. Jeremiah. Yah appointed. Nehemiah. Yah comforts. God even tells us in his word in Psalm 68 verse 4 what his name is. I thought it was so interesting how the prefix El in Elohim is also reflected in many of the Hebrew names, such as Samuel, Ezekiel, Daniel, and a whole lot of others. So, what is sin? Everyone who breaks the law, in fact, sin is lawlessness. 1 John 3 verses 4. Sin is essentially disobedience. When Yah tells us to do something and we don't do it, that is sin. Freedom from sin is keeping Yah's law. Remember in No Middle Ground, we looked at why we can trust him to tell us what we should do and what we should stay away from? Because his parameters protect us. So we need to keep his law, but we must also exercise faith in Yeshua. These are the characteristics that identify those who will overcome the last days. This calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God, who keep his commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. Revelations chapter 14 verses 12. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away your sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, 
Do not let anyone lead you astray. Other translation says, do not let anyone deceive you. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. And the one that is sinful is of the devil, because the devil sinned from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's evil work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them and they cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is found in 1 John chapter 3 verses 5 to 9. So if sin is the transgression of the law or the breaking of the law, then we must be familiar with the law in order to know what not to do so that we don't commit sin, right? Yah wrote these commands with his own finger. Exodus 20 verses 3, You shall not have any deities before me. To understand this command and the entire law, actually, we need to understand what Yeshua said about the two great commandments. Matthew 22, verses 36 to 40. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Yeshua replied, Love Yah your Elohim with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In Proverbs 3 verses 6, we are given a simple instruction. In everything we do, acknowledge him and he will direct you. If you wake up in the morning and we do not speak to him, then we have failed in this objective. If we eat and we do not thank him, we have failed in this objective. If we get into a vehicle and we don't ask for traveling mercies, then we have failed in this objective. If we do not thank him for the traveling mercies, we failed. When you train yourself to get into the habit of being in constant communication with Yah throughout your day, then you have him at the forefront of your mind. When opportunities to sin arise, then we can be like Joseph who said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against my God? Realizing we have sinned then doesn't become um, an afterthought because Yah is at the forefront of our minds. Constantly communicating with him and reading his word keeps him there. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalms 119 verses 9 to 11. Remember when we looked at Revelations chapter 4 verses 9 to 11 in What is Worship? This is in the first season. We looked at how the highest class of angels who 
don't rest day and night, but continually give glory, honor, and thanks to Yah. They see nothing of greater importance than to worship before his throne. And when they do so, the elders bow down and worship. But we fail to worship Yah whenever something good happens to us, especially when it comes from the hands of another person. We thank the person first or only thank the person and fail to thank Yah. This is not loving Yah with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. This is not acknowledging him in all our ways. And it is certainly not putting him first and not having any other deities before him. The thing is, giving thanks is a form of worship. And we've already established this in season one. The psalmist writes, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Psalms 100 verses 3 to 4. We must be thankful to who we thank first. The psalm reminds us that we didn't make ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And there are many who teach, believe in yourself and other motivational self-empowerment quotes. But these are very dangerous and unscriptural ideas, guys. In fact, they teach us to break Yah's law by putting ourselves first. The first command is, also includes ourselves. This means we are not to exalt ourselves in our hearts and minds. This is the pride which leads to destruction. Psalm 16 verse 18. Let's look at Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel chapter 2 verses 2 to 3. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows and by him all deeds are weighed. It explains why we should not have any other deities before him because there is none beside him. There is literally none like him. Sometimes we think we are wise and we seek guidance from people when we should be asking the Lord. Or even worse, sometimes we think that we ourselves know best. Yah himself even says that he will instruct us and teach us. Psalms 32 verses 8. We are told to trust him Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. This is putting Yah first. This is having no other deities before him, including yourself or other people. We tend to glorify or worship celebrities and influencers. We hold athletes, singers, civil rights heroes, parents, children, or anyone really who who we think has made an exceptional achievement 
dead or alive. When we should be worshipping, glorifying and praising Yah who lives forever. We even look to others, activists, breadwinners, husbands, mothers, or even our own selves to save ourselves from times of trouble when we are told, I, even I am the Lord, and apart from me, there is no Savior. Isaiah 43 verses 11. When we focus on celebrities and influencers, holding them dear to our hearts, praising their achievements, we fail to honor and glorify the one who truly deserves it. Yah himself says, For my own sake, for my own sake, I do this. How can I let myself be polluted? I will not yield my glory to another. Isaiah 48 verses 11. Yet day after day, we give his glory to others. When we look at the temptation of our Savior, we see that this test involved worship. Matthew 4 verse 8 to 11. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and showed him their splendor. He said, I will give this all to you if you bow down and worship me. And Yeshua said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship Yah your Elohim and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Guys, this is the ultimate test. Not worshipping others, or even ourselves, in the slightest, or placing them, or ourselves, in a higher position of importance in our lives. This includes living or deceased people, and even ourselves. <laughs> For we are to worship Yah our Elohim and serve only Him. He should be our highest priority. He should be the one that we thank, the one that we praise, and the one that we turn to for everything that we want and need in life. This is what it truly means to have no other deities before him. To the Jews who had believed in him, Yeshua said, If you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth, will set you free. John 8 verses 31 to 32. Dear Jesus, we humbly come to you asking that you might give us the wisdom to discern the resilience to resist the enemy and the strength to overcome. May you forgive us for where we fall short. May you assist us in removing the things that we place before you the things that we place ahead of you in the thrones of our lives, the people that we place, and even ourselves, that your name may be glorified. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.
Thank you for tuning in. I pray that we all open our hearts to the word and allow it to transform us so that we can become more like Christ. On the next episode, we will look at the second commandment. If you learned something new, please do share the episode with a friend or two so that they can learn and be blessed. From your host, Tandi, thank you for listening. Stay blessed.